Hey, this is Nate Lowe with the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Ranger Nation podcast. What's up, guys? This is Taylor Hearn with the Texas Rangers, and you guys are listening to Ranger Nation podcast. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Feliz the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three call. The Rangers are going to the World Series. In the air, shallow right. The Texas Rangers win the pennant. Second consecutive year. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Welcome to Rangers Nation Podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation Podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now, here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation Podcast. Today's episode is Jeff Wilson's Texas Rangers Newsletter. Yep, Jeff Wilson, formerly of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, has started his Texas Ranger Newsletter, and we have got him and T.R. Sullivan, who are going to be doing... T.R. and him are, are, T.R. has joined him to do his memoirs, and we'll be back right after this. Hey, guys, the Recliner Nerd here. Do you feel a spark when you get a chance to compete? Competition Dojo is here to feed the competitive fire in everyone. Each month, they provide competitive events to their subscribers. You have a month to learn, practice, and perform. The month-end results rank you against each other. Get off the couch and back in the game. Visit CompetitionDojo.com. That's CompetitionDojo.com. All right, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Today's podcast is Jeff Wilson's Texas Rangers newsletter. Like I said in the intro, Jeff Wilson used to be with the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, now has a Texas Rangers newsletter. Joining me along with him is T.R. Sullivan, former MLB beat writer for the Texas Rangers, now retired, who is doing some stuff for him. Jeff, what's going on, bud? Nothing. How about you? I'm doing great. T.R., thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Good to see both of you. Okay, so we're look. We're gonna. We're, we, I want to get into Jeff's thing and really talk about that. Exactly what's going on. A little bit later, we'll get into some Ranger stuff. Talk about the Rangers and what's going on. But th- this this newsletter has turned out to be, for me, it's been fantastic. I followed Jeff on the, at Fort Worth Star Telegram when he started this. I saw him. I had joined up immediately when he sent out the initial link. But uh, Jeff, so tell us about the newsletter and starting this thing and exactly. Uh, you're still on the beat doing it. It's just your new thing you got going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, things happen. And so, uh, I, I, I'm not one to sit still. And, uh, so I, I, I did this, I had this idea. I, you know, I, th- I think at some point here in the last few years, uh, a lot of us have thought about, uh, going solo, doing the independent thing and, um, uh, circumstances, uh, led, led to it. And so I did it and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still treating it like a, I'm a B rider. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm my only employee aside from TR over there, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I I'm going to take days off. I'm, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to write a lot. You know, I, I, I know, I know the landscape, I know the team, I, I, I want to get into the minor leagues and, uh, it's the middle of a baseball season. So I couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop. So, uh, yeah, we're rolling, we're rolling over there. Uh, jeffwilson.substack.com and, it's five ninety nine for a month or sixty for a year, and uh, I, I I think personally it's worth it. You know, com- compared to what what else is out there, 
uh, especially with what's happening to my former employer. It's an embarrassment. So um, <laughs> I've, 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 I've picked up uh, where I left off there. Hey, let me tell you uh, what. Yeah, go ahead, TR, go. John, the, the Texas Rangers have been in um, Arlington for 50 years, and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Jim Rees, myself, and Jeff, I think were the beat writer combined for 38 of those years. Right. I mean, so you're talking about an impressive uh, bank of institutional knowledge and insider information and guys who know the team, know the game, know the city. I mean, this is, I mean, I know, I know it's going to take a little bit getting used to, but this is a pretty impressive, we got some pretty impressive credentials for people to make the commitment and, and want to know about the Rangers and want to know about the history of the Rangers. I mean, I hate to say it, and I know there's some good beat writers out there, and you know, but th this is a pretty good resource and a pretty good place for Texas Rangers fans to go to get both both the immediate news from Jeff and uh, the history of the Rangers from myself. And let me tell you what, it, and it's kind of like another thing, and I won't talk about another site that I got on. I, I ended up getting extra for what I paid for. I've always paid for the beats as a guy that's followed the Rangers since 1974 when I went to my first game as a fan before I started covering them. Uh, and Jeff, uh, both Jeff and TR, getting to know y'all the last three years, the inside that y'all have, people like me didn't have it. I watched the you, – you have the contacts, the inside, all of that. Um, I was going with Jeff no matter what. TR, when you started writing your memoirs, um, I, I wrote a little something of when you retired, and I just kind of wrote it out there. Said if he ever writes a book, I'll camp out to buy it. Um, it <laughs> for five ninety nine uh, a month or uh, sixty dollars a year, you can get it right now. I mean, that first story you wrote was unbelievable, and I'm not going to give it away. But guys, look, anybody that's a nerd like me knows that the Rangers were the Washington Senators that came to Texas. Um, I did not realize that they were almost other teams, and I'm not going to tell you, you got to pay for it. But that was an intriguing three-part series. Then with Nolan, tell us some of what you're writing about, T.R. That was incredible. I mean, I loved it. Well, here's the thing, and I'm not – I mean, it's not that, I, like, I was a trailblazing journalist. It's just <laughs> a, very simple that the, the, the story of the Texas Rangers from start to finish, to my knowledge, has never been told because – you know, the Texas Rangers and nobody wants to tell it. I mean, the New York Yankees or the Boston Red Sox, everybody knows the curse of the Bambino and everybody knows the Chicago Cubs, the Billy Go Gruff or whatever his name is. But nobody has ever written the story of the Texas Rangers from start to finish. And my three-part series it was pretty long and poor Jeff Wilson had to edit the whole thing. But um, <laughs> I honestly believe that that is the first time that the entire story of how the Rangers got to Arlington has been told from start to finish. Now, I, I I could write a book on it, and I've offered some people to write a book, and they didn't take. I've offered to write books, and nobody's ever accepted my offer because point blank, they're the Texas Rangers. I mean, they're not the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. So yeah, that's so anyway that that three part series on the Rangers to me is the complete story of how they got from point A to point Arlington. Well, and as a guy, like I said, who's, who's loved them and been here from 74, I had no clue it went beyond the Washington Senators. And I am telling you guys, that story is one of the most fascinating stories I've read. All the way, the three, I, I was waiting for the next one because you broke it up into three parts. Jeff, this has been fantastic that he came over here to do this for you. Yeah, as soon as he said he wanted to help for free, I was like, we're in. So, uh, you know, it, it, it is nice. I mean, it's, it's something different. I mean, that's what I'm... 
I'm trying to offer something different. I mean, you know, kind of looking harder at the minor leagues, TR stuff, um, this, the newsletter that people get every morning when they sign up, you know, it's different stuff that, that you're not getting from the other outlets. And, you know, you kind of have to stand out these days and I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm doing that, but um, you know, TR is right. I mean, TR covered the Rangers for 32 years. Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing that most of the current fan base hasn't been alive 32 years uh, you know, and, and all the new people who, who, who in 2010 were 10 years old or eight years old and, and not, you know, didn't know the Texas Rangers before the world series. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that, that went on and a lot of, a lot of really interesting stories and personalities that TR is going to get into. And then hopefully I get into the, the ones that are coming. Yeah. yeah. The one thing, the one thing, John, I loved about Jeff. Well, I loved a lot of things about his stuff. But one thing he used to put out in spring training was the surprise five. And he kind of kept it up during the season. But, you know, a lot of times during the season, you get wrapped up in the news and everything like that. But it was just, it was just the surprise five were just five pithy observations about the Rangers in spring training. And they were fabulous. I loved reading them every day. You know, in spring training, you know, they were different. You, you want to make, like Jeff said, you want to be different. You want to make a difference. And, um, and Jeff did that with surprise five and, and I'm starting to see that now. And I want to see more of it in, in the newsletter. It's just, just Jeff's great observations about the team and the game and the sport and, and everything. And I think people will love that because I know people love the surprise five. All right. And, and I, let me tell you the, the insight that you have guys. It, it's it, look, I've got a credential. I can go down there. I can, I can talk to people, all of that. I don't have the pull or anything when, when JD, when I was there with Jeff the other day, JD walked down, Jeff walked right up, starts talking to JD. I certainly ain't going up to talk to JD. He doesn't know who I am. John doesn't. And so this, there's stuff that when, when Jeff, you were reporting some stuff here this week, some stuff you tweeted out about signings and stuff. I'm like, I don't have that access. I'm just having to retweet your stuff uh, to get it. This is some good insight. This you've got, how long have you covered the Rangers? Well, this is my 14th season. Um, so, um, that's a lot. And, and I was, I was only supposed to do it for two. That was what, that was what our old sports editor, Celeste Williams said. She said, just do it for two years. And, uh, and, you know, it, it, it turned into 14 and I'm not, I'm not complaining. You know, I, I've loved, uh, I've loved every minute of it. And, uh, yeah, you, you build these relationships and, um, I, you know, I'm for, I guess I'm fortunate that the, the general manager slash head of the organization, uh, has been there the whole time. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there are the Nolan Ryan years when Nolan was there too, but, uh, JD's JD has, has been there since what, 2005. So, um, that, that's an advantage for all of us because we, we've, we've all gotten to know him pretty well. Um, and, and, you know, three managers, you know, we, the last two years have been harder to get to know, no guys because of COVID and everything, but, um, it's just, it's just what you do. You show up every day and, and, and try to get these guys to trust you a little bit and, and maybe they will, maybe they won't, but um, they're, they're not going to be jerks to you. Well, if we're going to go into history, then look, we're going to, we're going to get into Rangers a little bit. Talk about this season. Uh, today was not good. Um, obviously this is, we're recording after the double header. If anyone watched that, it was a football score. Uh, basically if you add them both together, but if you go back for both of you, TR2, you're just off the beat this year. It's your first year off the beat. Uh, coming off uh, in all the managers you've met, Jeff, you've had three of them that you've met. Uh, what are the differences? I mean, Ron, you, you, you had to, you got to deal with Ron uh, uh, TR. You've told me about Ron. I want to hear from both of y'all um, Dylan and all of them. Who was your favorite? Who, who was funny? Who was uh, you just really liked? Tell, tell me the differences between the guys. 
Well, I, I'll, I'll start. I mean, Wash was my first manager and uh, um, I, I, I just love the guy. You know, he, he, he's hilarious, knows a lot about baseball, um, passionate and um, just just a, he's just a, a good, good person. Uh, Jeff Bannister, you know, kind of came in because he had a development and a uh, analytical background uh, also came highly recommended by Clint Hurdle, who the Rangers loved. And, uh, you know, he, he was, he was, he was the complete opposite. He, he ran a tight ship. Uh, and, and I, th- I think that some of that uh, ended up working against him. And now you have Chris Woodward, who's kind of similar to, to, to wash and, and that he lets the players have a little more freedom, uh, very heavy numbers guy. And uh, I, I don't know that you've been able to judge him yet just because uh, he's had some re- some rebuilding seasons, and uh, as, as far as like day to day tactical inning to inning matchup to matchup type of thing, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure that that he's his feet have been put to the fire properly yet. So, um, but I like him. You know, I, I I got along with all three of them. All right, here let me explain to you my feelings on on major league managers, okay? Because I feel very very strongly about this. All right, no seriously. I do. And I've talked to John Daniels about this and some other people too. A major league manager goes to spring training roughly February 15th. And the season's over September 30th, roughly, maybe a couple of days into October. Obviously, they hope that it'll last another month, but let's just say it doesn't. So that's for seven and a half months. A major league manager has to talk to the media not once, but twice a day, pre-game and post-game, or pre-workout, post-workout. We have to deal with a manager every day, okay? Number one, that's incredible accountability that no other person in the sport can touch. I mean, the general managers can talk about, oh, you know, we want to be accountable, we want to be transparent. And I'm not talking about John Daniels. I'm talking about Doug Melvin. I'm talking about Tom Grieve, all of them across the board. And trust me, general managers, not Daniels, but a lot of general managers are just terrible they're abysmal dealing with the media. I mean, it's just sickening how bad they are and the stories I hear. But to me, I have so much respect for major league managers for standing up to the media and talking to us every, twice a day for seven and a half months. To me, that's off the charts. I mean, a president, a president of the United States does not get examined as closely as a major league media, major league manager does by the media day to day nobody does yeah so that's why i have a i have great respect and a great affinity for all the managers i've covered and and i'll tell you this straight out the texas rangers as long as i've been covering them and i started with bobby valentine there's not been a dumb manager among them there's not been a stupid manager among them there has not been a major league manager for the rangers that i did not learn an incredible amount from ron washington to johnny Oates to bobby valentine jerry naren kevin kennedy toby hara uh, Chris Woodward, Jeff Bannister. I think I got them all. Hopefully I did. Buck Showalter. Can't forget Buck. <laughs> um, I learned a great deal. I had great relationships with them and I had great respect for them for what they went through in putting up with us every single day. You know, you, you told me that TR and I, I've only had a couple of years to do that. And, and, and I, in the moment you said it, I had to go back and go, wow, you know, I never thought of that. They'd meet with us. Before the game in their office, well, during normal times. Then after the game, they sit right in front of you and they and, and let you 
pepper them away before you go talk to the players. You're right. And during spring, I've been to spring training once, um, and and there they meet you early in the morning, then they meet you after the game. And they, I mean, they're they do they they have to get in front of you guys every day, all the time, twice a day. And they have and no the matter, guy, yeah, and the guy that you're dealing with before the game is totally different from the guy after the game. Totally different for yeah. every one of those managers. <laughs> the guy before, no, seriously. No, it's not. I know you're laughing, but it's not that funny. Before the game, they're not worn out. They haven't been to a baseball game. Right. They're under control. They know what they want to say. They're 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 glad to help you. They're relaxed. Then after the game, I mean, they've just been through a grueling nine inning game. They're emotional. They're 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 worn out, and now they have to do it again, and it gets tougher. And I, and I saw it with Ron Washington. Ron, before the game, was, like Jeff said, he was funny, he was relaxed, he was great to talk about. After the game, you could see a difference. He just wasn't as clear thinking. He just wasn't as articulate. You know, Bannister, before the game, was was great. After the game, he could get very terse. He could be very, I mean, Buck Showalter the same way. Johnny Oates, Johnny Oates was definitely different before and after the game. Um, Johnny was the reverse. Johnny was more tense before the game than after the game. After the game, it was almost like Johnny was like, after the game, he, he was – you know, he, he was easier to talk to. Um, but anyway, it's just two different guys. It's just interesting how you deal with a guy before a game and after the game, because they really are two different people to deal with. You agree, Jeff? I do. I do. And um, yeah, like what, you know, what washed me in the example and, and even, even Woodward, you go in, you cut it up with him, and, you know, he's joking around. And then after the game, you know, he's, you know, he's been through it. And he's, he's processing it. I mean, it's only, you know, there's supposed to be a 10 minute cool down period before we get into the clubhouse, but the managers go before that and, right. you know, he's still fresher on their mind. And if, if they just got walked off or, you know, if they won on a walk off, it's, it's just too, there's a, there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack and um, shoot, you know, some of those games early in Wash's tenure, you know, they, they win 12 to 10 or lose 11 to eight and, you know, just stuff to unpack and, uh, that's right, though. I mean, Tierra nailed it. It's they are they are two different people for sure. You know, what's interesting, John, is if you look at the Cowboys and everybody joked about it. And I know one of those radio stations had the had the fake Jer- Jason Garrett in the morning. But if you listen to Jason Garrett after a football game, he's very he's he doesn't offer anything. He doesn't offer. Anything. He says we'll have to look at the film. Right. You know, it, you know, talk about it. it's part of the process, or you know, you'll say some generic stuff. But he won't commit to anything because he because because football coaches can do this all the time. Right. I've got to look at the film. We'll have to look at the film. We'll have to look at the film. Baseball managers can't do that. They just can't do that. They can't say, "Oh, I got to look at the film." They have to talk about what happened in the game and give their reaction to it. Yeah. No. And I agree. And and I'm I'm impressed always. And I've only dealt with Woodward, but I can go back and watch and remember it with with Ron or whoever. Someone will bring up a question in that second inning or something like that. And without looking at a piece of paper, he'll go, well, you know, I thought that he'll talk about the foul ball that, that might have changed. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just going, holy crap, I didn't even think of that. They, they pick up everything. We, I'm, I think I'm a nerd of baseball. These guys are real nerds. I mean, they know every single thing. So let me ask you this. Before we get into this, this year's team and talk about where they're headed now and what they're doing, you guys have covered baseball. I mean, look, between the two of you, a long dadgum time that you guys, damn time. 
that you've covered these guys. Who have you loved covering? Who have you just been a pain in the ass covering? TR, you've kind of alluded to it before. Jeff, tell me who, who you are. If, and if you go, you know what, I'm not going to mention a name. Totally cool. <laughs> totally get it. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, I was and continue to be fascinated by Josh Hamilton. Uh, you know, just the, the story, we all know the story. Right. Just seeing him day to day was, could be a trip. You know, he could, he looked like he hadn't slept in three days. Uh, he, 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 he did have problems sleeping. Um, he would nap in the manager's office, uh, before games. Uh, but he was always very, very accommodating with the media. And, uh, sometimes he was too honest and, uh, you know, then he goes to the angels and obviously that, that, that was a mistake and comes back here, tries and then has to retire. And now the, the, the troubles he's going through, uh, now, if his family, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's quite a story. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's unresolved. You know, the, the, unfortunately, I, I, the, the ending is not written and may not be written for a long time. And it may not be a happy ending, but um, every, everything I hear is he's out at his ranch uh, in central Texas and uh, he's, he's living, you know, he's, he's got a good support group around him. His parents have are back in the picture. So that's good, but just kind of waiting for the next shoe to drop. And then uh, as far as people who I thought were uh, pain in the ass, I, 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 Hank Blalock and I never really got along. Um, <laughs> and that's fine. You know, um, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not sure Hank's going to go on Jeopardy anytime soon. Uh, I, I think he'd struggle on Wheel of Fortune. I, I, I just, you know, he, but, you know, last time he was here, he seemed like he was in a good place. And then, uh, uh, the, the, the guy I'm probably most concerned about is Keone Kella. Um, I know he's only here a little bit, um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, he, he, he's, he's, he's got a lot, he's got a lot there and I'm, I'm not, he's wild I'm, not sure, <laughs> I'm not sure Keone's, uh, um, has got his temper under control just yet. <laughs> what about you, TR? Anybody in particular? Or? Uh, no. Uh, no, 38 years. I mean, there's so many great guys and, you know, I can go back through them all. And, but, you know, the one guy I just want to reiterate and I want to emphasize is Elvis Andrus. I think Elvis Andrus, uh, you know, I hated when he got traded and, and John Daniels and I talked about this, you know, after the trade that, you know, he didn't want, you know, you know, a lot of times when guys leave the Rangers, it's on bad terms. You know, Josh went to, uh, Anaheim and his wife said some stuff and right. you know that guy got sour and you know Michael Young never left you know when he left for Philly you know that didn't go smoothly and, and and that's always bothered John and it's bothered me too that everybody and this goes back way back to you know Buddy Bell and, sure. and guys like Larry Parrish and guys like that you know Jim Sundberg they never leave on, on good terms and with a good feeling and it's just always messy. And, and, you know, Elvis Andrews was a, a great, great person. He is a great person. Right. Bill is a great person. And he was a very good player. And the one thing about Elvis is everybody wanted Elvis to be Derek Jeter and he never got to be Derek Jeter. Everybody thought, you know, Elvis is going to be our Derek Jeter and he wasn't, but he was good enough for two world series and four division titles. And he was such a, he's such a great person. And this is my favorite story. I don't mind, telling it because I love this story and I know it's very selfish to tell this story but we're in spring training and Elvis became the master of um, the DJ for for the morning workouts 
you know, you go out on the field and the music would be blaring all over the field. And the guy who selected the music, at least in the beginning, was Elvis Andrus. He's the one who started it. So one day I'm in a, I'm in I'm in a, the clubhouse before um, before the workout, and I was joking with Elvis. And I said, "When are you going to play um, Frank Sinatra? That's my favorite. I want to hear some Frank." And Elvis, "I'm not going to play Frank Sinatra. Oh my God!" He's like, "Are you old man? Get away from me!" <laughs> and I'm not going to play Frank Sinatra. So the next morning. We go out for the workout and Elvis plays Frank Sinatra for the whole workout. <laughs> and he played it just for me. And I'm sorry that sounds schmaltzy and anything like that, but I've never forgotten that. That was like the nicest thing anybody ever did for me was when Elvis played Frank Sinatra the entire workout one morning in spring training. So anyway. Uh, you know, I, I, I was there for two years with Elvis and he was always so nice and just, uh, yeah, so I can't imagine what you guys. Okay, we got to get into this year's team. Uh, Jeff and I have been on them. Tr, I know you're just following them from the TV. Well, do you even have the TV? You don't. Have, do you have a way to watch it out there in Plano? They took it away. Valley needs to figure their shit out. I don't know what's going on here. You know, uh, I, I I listen to it on the radio, and it, you know that's why I try to get out to the ballpark as as much as possible. Yeah. You know, people say, "What are you doing out the ballpark? You're retired." You know, I'm going out there because I want to watch a baseball game in yeah. in person. I think I I think I watched like two innings on TV at a sports bar one time, but um, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, this this whole TV thing is is very very frustrating. Very very frustrating. Well, coming into the season, the goal was assessment. Uh, I think everyone that was realistic knew the Rangers weren't going to compete for the West. Uh, but they, the John, uh, John and and uh, Woody and everyone said this is an assessment year. We got to assess what we have, see where we're going to go moving forward. Have the Rangers achieved what they're trying to do? Are, have they figured things out yet? Do you think, Jeff? Uh, yeah. I think they know what they have, and I I don't know that they have enough. I, I you know, I think. If you if you look at the the nine players who play every day or, or you know how many are going to play on another team? Well, I think Joey Gallo does. Um, I think I think you might have a spot for Adolis Garcia, and then maybe Kinder Falefa, you know, just because he, he's he's a good defensive player. But then that's really about it. And then you look at the rotation and Gip, you know, you have Gibson, bullpen, you have Ian Kennedy, um, and I, and then I don't I don't know I don't I don't know that there are a bunch of other guys you can say that you've totally figured out yet. And, um, that's, that's, a, that's a problem. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know that trading Joey Gallo at, helps you. I don't know. I, I get, you know, I, I don't know that you're going to get three guys for him, two guys for him that are going to be major leaguers that add up to him. I, I, I don't know, you know, but, um, you know, if, if you're trying to build a core and build around a guy and a guy who wants to be here, I'd say you keep Joey Gallo, but uh, again, you know, it's, it's just the cover does seem a little bit more bare than maybe I think they'd hoped. Uh, I think Colby Allard's been, been a nice development. I, you know, Dane Dunning's been pretty good. So I, I think there might be a couple keepers there for <clears throat> 2022 and beyond. But um, I think when you head to spring training next year, it's kind of going to be a lot like this year. It's going to be pretty wide open as far as uh, uh, positions, especially, especially with the prospects that, that, that are coming. Yep. TR, have you had a chance to even, what do you think in, in, in hearing it? The, the bottom line on this, on this season, and I've said this a couple of times, you know, in my limited um, visibility is this whole season is going to, going to be deemed a success or failure on how their pitching comes out of it. Bottom line, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. I'm happy for Adolis Garcia. 
You know, I, you know, Nick Solak's not doing very well. You know, Ronald Guzman, I hate that, but it's all about the pitching. I do not like the fact that Kyle Cody is on the, on the injured list for 60 days. That's a bad development. Yeah. Uh, you know, how that happened, I don't know. But when you lose Kyle Cody, that's a big setback for this organization. I do not like the fact that Taylor Hearn is working out of the bullpen. I think Taylor Hearn, everything about Taylor Hearn, should be about getting him ready to be a starter. And I don't think he should be working out of the bullpen. I think he should be down in AAA preparing as a starter. I think Dig uh, Dunning, I think, has been a positive development to, to a certain extent. But you got to remember about these guys, John, is these guys are coming back from major surgery, major injuries. And, you know, the Rangers have to be careful with them. And these guys, yep. when these guys go down, you know, that's not good. It's terrible. I mean, I mean, they, I mean, it's unfortunate circumstances. They've had injuries. They've had a pandemic. They've had to sit out for long periods of time, but you got to deal with it and you got to get these guys back on track. That's your number one goal. I mean, that's what happened. I mean, you know, players lost three to four years because of world war two, they had to come back, you know, you had to get them ready again. Once they got back. I mean, that's just what the cards you dealt with and you got to get this, you got to get this pitching lined up again. You know, I like the fact that Cole Wynn is, um, pitching in a future game you know i'm thrilled to death if i'm a ranger fan i'm thrilled to death that cole reagan's is um is reemerged if you've read Je some of jeff's stuff yeah that's a bit a huge positive for the rangers yeah and um some of the other pitching but when guys when kyle cody went down you know to me kyle cody going down is worse than adolis garcia emerging as a center fielder i mean i think it doesn't balance out. They don't balance out. Right, Cody yeah, is worse. Yeah. What, what I'm saying, it, this this um, the season for the Rangers is all about getting their pitching lined up again. And there's just been a lot of hits and misses. Yeah. And so let me ask you this: so the trade deadline's coming up. I, uh, Jeff, you you and I seem to somewhat be on the same page. I don't see Gallo being moved because I think it would take just a tremendous amount to get him, and rightly so. I think that they should. Do, who do you? I know Kennedy probably the most prime candidate to be traded. Uh, do you think Gibson's gone? What do you see coming up? Well, you know, I I think uh, when you kind of look at the landscape, you got to kind of you got to look at the Dodgers because that Trevor Bauer situation is pretty pretty uncertain. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that what, what it would take for him to be able to pitch again this year. I mean, I, you know, I mean, the, just, he, he, he might be innocent. He might be found innocent, but he's not innocent. I right. mean, you know, yeah. and, you know, is that a guy you want pitching for your team in that, in that city? Um, so I don't know. So, do the Dodgers do the Dodgers have to make a play for a starting pitcher? And and you know, and Kershaw is going to be out till till some point in August. So, um, you know, if they're serious about defending and it's a three team race in the West, you know, do they do they do it? Do do the Padres try to get an arm because they're they're down an arm too? So I think there's more of a market for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, you kind of look at the Yankees. How realistic is are are the Yankees' playoff chances? I mean, they've they've got a. a a, a big climb ahead of him. I mean, you know, and Toronto, Toronto's pretty good. I, 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 I you could say that before, you know, not based on this weekend, you could have said it before this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Toronto's very good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Boston's playing well. Uh, the West has, you know, the, the A's and the, 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 the Astros, you know, I mean, it, it's not the, you know, it, it, it's going to be a tough, a tough go for the Yankees to make the playoffs at this point. So do they want to pay what it would cost to get, Joey Gallo. I don't, I don't think so. I, I think there's more of a market for, for Kyle Gibson than there is Joey Gallo. Kyle, Kyle Gibson 
has to be traded in the next two weeks. He has to be traded. End of discussion. There's nothing, you know, Kyle's pitches is, is as well as he ever has in his life. Right. You know, he's a great guy. We all like Kyle Gibson. He's done a lot, for, a lot for the Rangers. He does a lot in the community. I'm not knocking Kyle Gibson. I'm saying is his market value is the highest it's ever going to be. I mean, he's pitching well above his career norm, well above. And he's got a year and a half to go on his contract, right, Jeff? He's got this yeah. year, yeah. next yeah. year. Yeah, he's through next year. This is this is your chance to maximize your investment in Kyle Gibson. I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to pitch as well again. And I don't think if you hold on to him next year, I don't think he's going to, you know, be a Cy Young candidate. I think this is the best he's ever pitched. His, his value is at his highest. His contract is, 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 is good, good for other clubs. You got to trade him now. Get what you can because this is the best you're ever going to do with Kyle Gibson. Yeah, I've I've heard that a lot. I mean, look, he's he's pitching like an ace, but is he a true ace? He's really a a, gr- a really good three or four is what he is, and a good rotation, a really good three or four. And I you're think you're exactly it, right. Yeah, and at seventy at eighty to ninety percent of what he does, if he's efficient, eighty to ninety percent of what he is now, he's a fantastic rotation piece towards the middle of your rotation and back. And so, yeah, I, I agree. And if they do keep him, then they have to look at, you know, maybe trying to see if he'll re-up for a couple more years to have, once you get lighter win, people like that coming up, to have someone that can eat some innings at that middle to back, because you still have to have those guys. I know free agency is something they've talked about going to get an arm. Let me ask you this. So there's some guys on this team that we know for a fact don't have a future with this club when they contend again. And after this trade deadline, I don't see how you move them. They're not, they're not very valuable. Who is uh, looking over their shoulder at possibly needing to talk to a realtor? Because if they're not moved, maybe they're going to be just out of a job. Maybe they'll be uh, put on waivers and out. Someone like, a, you know, you, you look at like Holt and Culberson. I think they're valuable to someone else, uh, actually. Kind of the way Cabrera was when he left in 19. But I don't, you're not going to get anything for them. But do you keep them all season? You don't need them. you got some kids you want to see get up here and play. And I know Young's not ready yet. Yeah, Um until you know, until his start on Friday night, I was thinking maybe maybe the Rangers could get something for Jordan Lyles. You know, uh, yeah. he, he he's pitched well. Uh, he, he's he's been traded at the deadline before and performed well. I mean, that's why the Rangers have him because he pitched so well for Milwaukee in in uh, 2019. Um, but I you know you 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 kind of look if like they want to put Taylor Hearn in the rotation and John King in the rotation. Do they really need to see any more of 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 Lyles and Fulton Evich and exactly you know, they, they do have an innings issue I mean that's a legitimate thing and those those two guys you know could take wear, the punishment wear, yeah wear them out wear yeah. them out but and and you know and if Gibson goes then then there's a, another uh, another issue there too so um but I yeah you and have you seen enough of Mike Fulton Evich I mean I you know he technically he's a, he's he, he is under control for next year but does this team want him I mean, you know, he, he seems to be a, kind of an emotional train wreck out there. I mean, today he looked disinterested from his first pitch on. And, um, it, it can, you know, can you have that? Is he fitting into the culture? All that stuff that they want to talk about. So uh, th- those two guys, as, as far as a third baseman, um, you know, you could see some value, you know, if, if, if people value veteran utility guys. Exactly. Maybe, maybe they get moved, but I think the Rangers kind of value them too. And, um, if, if, if Young's not ready, you know, if Young's not ready, then certain Apostle's not ready. So, you know, are, are, who are you going to give 
give third base to. So they, they may, they may be here. They may be, uh, you know, if, if Josh Young is not going to come up this year and you can make a pretty good case that he doesn't really need to, then um, I, I say those two guys are fine, but they're, they're, they're going to, at some point, it's just the way it's been the, the last three years at the trade deadline, right after the trade deadline, players get moved up and, and things get shifted around. So uh, it might be a couple, it might be 10 to 12 days for those guys, but um, I, I think in the end, they're still in the club. So, you know, you go ahead. The, thing, the, the thing about Fulton Evich is it's kind of curious what Jeff said about him, that he looked disinterested from the start. I mean, here's a guy who, you know, if he pitches well, if you go out and pitch well, I mean, all right, you're on a last place team and you, you probably didn't even want to be here. And, you know, but you, you know, you're a major league player. If you're pitching your tail off and, and doing well, you know, you're going to get traded. I mean, the Rangers will trade you, you know, a guy like Fulton Evich, if they can get something for him, they'll trade for, they'll trade him. And now you're pitching for the, you know, the New York Yankees, the Padres or somebody in a pennant race. Right. So to go out there disinterested, like Jeff said, I mean, come on, you got a chance, even if the Rangers aren't going to do well, you got a chance to, you know, show something to a scout sit behind that home plate and and get yourself into a better situation so it's, to me it's pretty discouraging to hear what jeff said when the guy this is a guy who was disinterested and as far as those other guys you know josh young does not near, need to be here no. he does not need to be here he has not played enough minor leagues i don't want to see josh young anywhere near arlington whether you have culberson or or holt or bring back you know buddy bell or roy howell or <laughs> hank blaylock maybe hank blaylock we, we do not no. <laughs> There's we do not need, need Josh Young in Arlington. He's not ready. Let him let him finish out his AAA season or wherever he is, and then stick him in an instructional league and stick him in the Dominican Republic and let him play winter ball. He does not up, need to be up here trying to figure out how to hit, you know, um, Clayton Kershaw or or, or uh, Garrett Cole or even you know some of the guys for the uh, Astros. I mean, you know, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, and I, I agree on Young. And it, look, if he was absolutely, if he was hitting 350 and, you know, with a thousand and he was just destroying double A ball, you can see it. He's hitting well. He's doing fine. But yeah, there's no point. I mean, they've got someone like a, a, a Isaiah Kinderfalefa starter kit. Remember when he was coming up and Ryan Doro at AAA, who is someone that you could bring up just to, he's a defensive good guy and and he's, he's expendable if you need to start getting into these guys later that you could dfa him or keep him someone like that you don't need to bring young up even if you clear spots on the roster there's a couple of guys that Banez could move over and play some third while you reassess him and his bat um and stuff like that now jeff you've been writing about the minor leagues i've always been a minor league nut i go out to a lot of the games i mean this frisco team is unbelievable i, I looked this up today uh, and put this out there. The last, aside from Leiter, the last four first-round picks are playing at Frisco. The last five could be if Fos Foscue, who needs to be moved up, if you've seen what he's done this week. That Frisco yeah. team, have you seen them yet? I've gone out and seen them a few times. I haven't. Oh I mean, I, you know, obviously, I follow them uh, nightly. Oh. And uh, I tell you what, the, the Bubba Thompson is probably the development story of the year yeah. uh, just from where he was. And, and their success, the Frisco success, I mean, is part of the reason to keep Josh Young in, in the minors. I mean, keep keep this group together. Yep. If this group is part of your future, let them win together, let them grow together, let them learn how to trust each other together, and then move them up step by step. I mean, that, that, that's 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 a pretty pretty proven formula, uh, you know, in, in, in baseball history. So 
uh, and it's, it, again, it's not the end of the world, but yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a talented team. And, um, you know, the pit, the pitching staff, it's, it's more than Cole Wynn. It's, uh, Lats, it's, it's Prowse, yep. uh, Alexi, uh, now, Reagan tomorrow or tonight. I think Reagan's going to yeah, Reagan, Reagan making his double A debut. So, uh, and, and shoot, I mean, there's Yuri Rodriguez. I mean, there, there are some good arms that, that these guys like, and some of them are on the 40, yeah, there. on the 40 man roster. So, um, yeah, this is, this is the, this is the team. If, if you're a, a Rangers fan and want to know what's coming, look at, look at double A. Don't really look at triple A. There's some guys at triple A, but this double A team is, is the one that's going to have them, the, the, the impact prospects moving up at some point here in the near future. Yeah. Je- Jeff makes a great point about, uh, Josh Young too. Um, you know, if you bring him up now, he takes up a 40 man roster spot. Right. And that could be critical this winter. Some of these guys and, uh, you know, Jeff could probably speak to this more than I can, but a lot, there are a lot of guys that need to be protected this winter on the 40 man roster from the rule five draft. Josh Young is not one of them. I mean, you know, he's he's not even close to it. So that's something that has to be taken into consideration as well. Yeah. Well, and that's a big deal too, because, um, you know, because last year the season getting canceled, I mean, it's, (laughs) That, that, that it's not it's not just a rangers problem it's gonna be a problem for every team i mean that rule right. five draft has a chance to be loaded and i know how much tr and i love the the rule five draft uh, <laughs> i mean but honestly that's my favorite event of the winter meetings because after that we all go home <laughs> uh, rule five fever baby that's right that's right and the rangers always take somebody they always get somebody oh yeah they always get their man and and, and March 15th, we all write about how he's got a great chance to make the team. And then on, on March 3rd, we all write about him on being on um, waivers. On, on waivers. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. Is there any uh, – do you think anything – this? so that there's been a lot of talk that they would spend some money this offseason. Um, we don't know. I mean, look, they, they, they've, they've cleared money. They could do it. Um, do you see it? I mean, they keep talking about signing someone big like Story or someone like Kershaw. I mean, I mean look, it's all fun and games, but – if they do spend, where? I mean, do they bring in someone? To what do you think? Clay, Clay Kershaw is going to look at this roster and say, yeah, I think I'm going to spend the, my golden <laughs> years in baseball trying to pitch pitch around, you know, a bunch of rookies and, you know, you know, Brock Culberson at third base or, you know, <laughs> David Lowe or Nate Dahl at first base. I mean, no. Trevor Story, no, they're not going to get anybody to come here this winter. Nobody, I mean, you know, they're going to get free agents who are looking for jobs, but guys, guys like Story and Kershaw are going to be looking for places where they can win. They're not going to come here to try to babysit 24 young players. The, the, you know, the, I don't, I don't know if it's the, the exception to the rule there, but like a guy like Eric Hosmer, when he signed with the Padres, when the Padres were, um, two or three years away from, from where they are now and where, you know, they, they money whipped a veteran who they liked, who could be a, a positive influence, I guess. And, and then a winning piece when they started to win. So, so maybe that's the exception. Maybe you can sell somebody on uh, where the team is, where it's headed, what's coming, um, you know, Fernando Tatis, you know, or whoever, whoever the Rangers, Fernando Tatis is right. something like that. But um you know, it, it, they, they have to decide. And I think the, the trade deadline will tell you, I mean, if they, they trade Gallo and Gibson, obviously they're, they're, they're not going to be any good in 2022. They aren't, they aren't going to plan to win in 2022. So, right. you know, they, they, they wouldn't spend any money, but 
there is money there. I mean, you know, these guys are leading the league in attendance and, uh, you know, I'm assuming they're leading the league in beer sales and hot dog sales and stuff like that too. So, um, <laughs> I, I think I think that there's there's gonna be money, but it just depends on on, on how much uh, what what the prognosis is for 2022. I think based based on what they're charging for a, a beer, uh, there'll be plenty of money for free agents next year. <laughs> well, I, I I look I laughed at when people would bring up Kershaw. Now Story's only 28 years old. He's someone that Mike could sell on. Hey, we're we're about to if they don't trade Gallo. If the, you know, look, Gibson, I think, is gone. But if they if they keep Gallo and try to build around him, he is maybe someone that's still young enough they could say, hey, if you sign here, we, we've got something coming. Kershaw was always laughable to me. The guy's 30, what, 34, 33, 34. I mean, you're, you're talking about the last contract he's probably going to get. He's probably going to want to be playing for something next year. Well, and they, both, they both have Metroplex ties. Yeah, know, that's I mean, why, yeah. They, they make nice stories. But, um, you know, I – I, I, you know, they, they both played in the ballpark. You know, I'm sure they enjoyed it. And, you know, Clint Kershaw had the best, the best seven days of his life, you know, in right. the World Series ballpark. But, um, yeah, I, I, I can't see that. But, but story, story I, I give him an outside chance. I mean, if they can money whip somebody and if he wants to come home, uh, you know, I mean, it's not like he's ever won in Colorado. So uh, maybe, maybe the future looks brighter here. Yeah, I think the interesting thing about Joey Gallo is, and um, he's represented by Scott Boris, who has been known to take his players to free agency. But here's my theory, and this is just a theory. I haven't talked to Scott Boris in a while, but obviously since I'm retired, and I I didn't like talking to agents when I was working, I'm not going to talk to him when I'm retired. But um, so I I think Scott Boris is trying to figure out a way to get the Rangers to sign Joey Gallo long-term. Because yeah. I think Boris knows that Gallo has a lot of value to the Rangers and, and there's a lot of sentiment to assign him. And I think Boris, deep down inside, realizes that he's not going to get a, a mega contract for Joey Gallo like he did with Bryce Harper and like he did with some of his other players. Rendon. Rendon, exactly, uh, John. So I think he's trying to figure out a way – to get the Rangers to bite with a maximum contract that only the Rangers would, would, would give him that other clubs are going to like go, ah, Joey Gallo, 238. Yeah. 40 home runs, but you know, 200 strikeouts. Uh, you know, I think that um, I don't know if, I don't know if another club's going to bite. And I know, you know, the other thing is an outfielder. You got to understand outfielders, take a beating I mean, outfielders do not last rusty greer being the and josh hamilton both being um you know, even ruben sierra is another guy with juan gonzalez you can go through a lot of the rangers outfielders through history and you can see that these guys don't don't hold up for extended periods of time um it's just a, it takes a beating out there all the running you do running into those walls and and diving for balls and um it takes a toll on him. So there's probably a lot of clubs going, yeah, Joey Gallo has got a monster power, but you know, he's got strikeouts. He's an outfielder, you know? So, so my long story short, as I like to say, I think Boris is trying to figure out a way to how to get the ranges to give Joey Gallo the best contract he'll ever receive. And that's, and that's, you can kind of see Joey say, yeah, I want to stay here. I want to stay here. You know, I think there's some, I think the, the Boris camp wants Gallo to stay here. Like kind of, like they did with Elvis Andrus. I, I think that too. I've, I've kind of felt in Gallo. You, so you think Boris is behind Gallo who has said, 
you know, this is where I want to stay. This is what I'd like to do. Um, but yeah, I look, if he's traded, they're going to get something huge for him because I think it's going to take something huge to take him. Otherwise, I think the Rangers want the next year and a half to talk and see if they can't get him extended because he does serve more value here um, if he's not going to bring. And I've said that to people that, yo, you have to trade him. You have to trade him. Why, why give someone away that you have control of? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know it. But if you're not getting what you want, you know, you still have time to talk to him. Hey, what about the draft? What did you guys think of the draft? I, I love they went out and got lighter. I, honestly, it surprised me when, when uh, you know, everybody thought about uh, under slot stuff. Uh, lighter was, the, in my book, the best guy on the board at the time. Um, uh, the guy, uh, Zavada, the, Zavala, that they took second, uh, might be an underslot guy. Did, was there anybody that stood out to you guys in the draft? Uh, I mean, uh, you don't know yet. Lighter, lighter is just, you know, just what little I saw of him in college and, um, you know, where this team's history developing starting pitchers and potentially where he could slot in, um, when he, when he could slot in, I guess, more appropriately uh it just it just made a ton of sense and uh you know i i still think and i don't know that the ranger would ever admit to this but i think there was a a pr part of this too i mean you know jack Leiter excites a fan base right i don't know that jordan lawler excites a fan base or marcelo meyer yeah or a prep shortstop that nobody's ever heard of at least you know jack Leiter comes with a, a he comes with a, a very impressive resume and some talent, but also he comes with some name recognition and uh, he, he's, you know, something to get a team excited or get the fan base excited over. And, um, you know, and if he shows up at 2023 and, and his lights out, I mean, the, the draft's an absolute home run. It's an absolute success. And uh, it doesn't matter what they did the rest of the, the rest of the way. I mean, I, these guys may end up in the majors. Maybe they won't. It sounds like there are a couple of relievers who might, yeah. Might might be able to 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 rise quickly too, but it's all it's all about Jack Leiter. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean that that's the story of the whole draft um, is Leiter, and and you know what it was the the PR that you talked about. He's the one guy people watched on national TV through the College World Series, through the playoffs, and and watched him perform well. Um, that was kind of hard not to you know it's it's kind of hard when he would look that good even in pressure situations for the Rangers and. He's a talent, and he's got the pedigree. I mean, what, 19 years, Dad, in the big leagues, uh, yeah. and, and World Series winner, all-star. I mean, uh, that's I, – I, I like – the one thing I like about it, and I'm not – even when I was when I was working as a beat writer for 38 years, I was never so obnoxious to be a guy who pretended he was an expert on, on the draft, like that I knew which players were going to be great and which ones weren't going to be great. Right. You know, I, I was covering a major league team. I wasn't covering Vanderbilt or yeah. Dallas, Je- Dallas Jesuit. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to pretend that I, I know these players, uh, you know, we all talk to, you know, we can all talk to where we want to talk to, but it's ridiculous. The one thing I do like about Jack Ladd, one is he's coming from a, a big time program Two, his father was was an outstanding person. He was highly respected in this game. A lot of people thought very highly of Outlider. Um, it's kind of like uh, Bobby Witt Jr. coming from um, a great father. Everybody loved Bobby Witt Sr. I mean, you know, the Manning kids coming from Archie Manning, I think was a was was a big deal. You look at the, you know, Pat Mahomes Sr. is a guy I covered. I think he was an excellent person. So um, it's not surprising that his son is doing well. 
Um, so I think the one thing that to me that speaks highly about Jack Leiter is his father has a is very well regarded in this game, and 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 that's a big positive for the Rangers. Yeah, he was durable. Do what? He was durable. Is that what you said? He was durable. Yeah. God, he was hopefully good. That, to- hopefully that gets passed down. Yeah, absolutely. So, is there any surprises before we get out of here? This been, and we're gonna before we go. Um, uh, I wanted to do one more thing about surprises um, on the rebuild and where you think they are. Then I do want to, Jeff. I want to rehit on yours uh, right. on, on the new website and all of that. And Tr, what you're doing? Uh, is there any surprises that 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 you see out there? Maybe a trade that no one's talking about. Maybe a free agent that no one's talking about. Somebody that could surprise some people. Maybe like no one's. You know, are they going to trade Adolis Garcia? No, probably not. But would, would, but you know, that would be a PR nightmare in itself. But is there anything that like would just that you're in the back of your head going, you know, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if maybe something like this happened that might floor Ranger fans? Uh, yeah, it it wouldn't surprise me if the Rangers tried to, if the Rangers were buyers at the trade deadline. If they if they found a if they found a trade controllable they, person, or they could get some. Control, a controllable guy um, w- without having to shed Joey or, or whatever. I mean, the, you know, the, the farm system doesn't have much of AAA, but the farm system's got some depth. Yep. And um, it, there's enough, there's enough where they could trade from it. They, they can't go crazy, but they, I, I think that they could, uh, you know, I mean, that's what the Cole Hamill trade, trade was all about. Yep. 2015. It was for the next two years. It was for, uh, 16 when Darvish came back and 17 when Darvish's first full season and his last uh, season under contract. That's what the Hamels trade was about. It ended up working out great that they won the division, but um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, a buying opportunity for the Rangers at the deadline. I think the big thing is, you know, they got, they got Dave Dunning for uh, Lance Lynn. I think the big thing about this trade deadline is, what they can get for Kyle Gibson. I think that's what's going to make this, you know, they're going to, they'll probably throw some other guys out there and, you know, maybe one of the, the, the Sabors, uh, young kid out there in the bullpen, yeah. you know, somebody like that, but Kennedy. Um, Kennedy could get him something. Kennedy, you know, you never know. I mean, they got something for Kella and they got something for Deakman and uh, Jeff remembers those trades when we were in Arizona that day. Um, but I think the big thing about this trade deadline is what they can get for Kyle Gibson. If they can get, if they can get something that they, like the Dunning kid that they got from the White Sox for Lance Lynn, I think that would be a, bit, a, a victory for the Rangers. If they can get two, they get two quality prospects for Kyle Gibson. I think that would be a huge, huge trade deadline acquisition for the Rangers. What so are on the rebuild? Um, I think everyone's targeted 2023. Are they still there? Are they on the right track? Are they? where they need to be, or we still don't know till maybe after the deadline or what happens in the offseason. Well, I think the telling thing about this year is that there, there, this, this, this group hasn't instilled a ton of confidence in the future, in my opinion. Right. And I, I think, I think next year there's a chance for that to happen. If, you know, if, if young Foscu, Huff, uh, when those, if, if those guys, uh, get to the major leagues next year they can they can kind of that can be their you know learn learn on the job type of thing and uh they could be ready for 2023 so i i think next year i I think what's written about this year is there are guys who um might be complimentary pieces eli white for instance something like that but there there aren't a lot of regulars right now out of this current 
current group. All right, guys. Look, I think we've hit a lot on here. Jeff, let's go over yours one more time. I, 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 now, if I've got it right, jeffwilson.substack.com. Is that right? That's it. That's it. It's Jeff Wilson's uh, Texas Rangers newsletter. I, I I usually try to drop the Jeff Wilson because I don't like to talk about myself in the third person. <laughs> but, um, uh, you got to name it something. That's the name people right. know on the that's beat. Right. That's what I came up with off the top of my head. And uh, yeah, but jeffwilson.substack.com sign up you get a you get an email in your inbox every morning uh monday through or monday through friday um and then you get you get good content like tr stuff so yeah. uh, and, it, and it's not going to break the bank i can tell you right now it's cheaper than the star telegram in the morning news hey uh let me ask you this uh tr what have you so you've done you, you did a great piece on nolan ryan what it was like to cover nolan you did the three-part series on the history of the rangers what's in the hopper what's coming up next uh we're gonna we're gonna we're going to talk about Bobby Valentine uh, this week. We were talking about the Bobby Valentine era. You know, you, you know, Jeff Jeff had to put this out. He, he put this together, you know, in two days. And, you know, then I, I think I signed up on the third day. And maybe if I had signed up at, at the beginning, we could have done it a little differently. But, um, you know, I did. I was basically, you know, I haven't, I haven't written in 32 years. I haven't written anything. Well, it's kind of a joke, but I haven't written in 32 years. What that means is I've, I've been reporting for 32 years. Right. I've been reporting for 32 years. It's a big difference. And of course I've written, I've written some stuff I'm very proud of, but this just gives me a chance to write whatever I want to write. I, you know, I'm, you know, like I was writing, I was writing some stuff and say, maybe I'd call this guy. Maybe I'd call this guy. I said, I'm not calling anybody. I'm just going to write whatever I feel like writing. I'm going to write my insights, my memories, my opinions, stuff like that about, covering the Rangers for 32 years. You know, I'm not going to be writing about Dig Dunning and I'm not going to be writing about um, Jose Trevino or <laughs> anything like that. I'm going to be writing about the previous 32 years. And hopefully Jeff and I, I think we're going to have a really good balance. I think we've started to have a really good balance and it'll be a really good product for people. I, I agree. It's been fantastic. And Jeff, I, I wish y'all the luck. I, I, I hope there's some future things too. We've talked and I, yeah. I hope there's some good stuff coming up uh, that, 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 that we get to do. Um, so that's uh, jeffwilson.substack.com. Guys, you'll, it's worth the money. It's cheap. And I'm telling you, the, the, the stuff every day, every morning I get my Jeff Wilson email that I read, some good stuff on there. It's certainly more in-depth than I have. Um, and then you've got TR and his stuff, which fantastic. Guys, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for coming on. Sure. And just look at it this way. If you ever thought about buying me or TR a beer, just, just sign up. <laughs> it's the same cost. Yeah, this would be cheaper, cheaper than a beer at the at uh, Globe Life Field. I there you, you go. I tell you, one day we'll do it. We'll do a Jeff Wilson uh, Texas Ranger. Uh, we'll do a Texas Ranger newsletter podcast on the road. We'll find something that you know I was sure. supposed to go one yeah. time. One time I, I had it all booked right before I was going to be doing something at Texas Live, and uh, and then the whole thing fell apart because of the little thing called COVID. And we'll all go oh. out there, and you guys can sign up, yeah, and then you it. can actually buy them a beer or even uh, you know pick their brain before <laughs> or after we do the podcast. A lot of fun, guys. Thanks for coming on. Hey, like I say at the end of every one of these and everything I write, nerd out. Yeah.